live streamed. We are being live. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome. I'm Johnny. That's the Greg. We are a podcast. Before we introduce these two lovely ladies to us, please like, subscribe, share, do whatever you can to get the word out on Johnny and the Greg while the Greg tells you about Audible. Well, and one more thing on the like and share, please, even if you're watching this after the fact, interact with us. That drives the algorithm even more. The more people we get to join in the conversation, the better. So this podcast is a partnership with audibletrial.com or audible.com. So you can get hundreds of thousands of audiobooks, uh, podcasts, educational material, pretty much anything that tickles your fancy, they got a genre for it. And you can uh, get one free month on us by going to audibletrial.com slash J-A-T-G. So pick your poison. Valentine's Day is coming up. You can pick your romance. If you're anti-Valentine's Day, pick your slasher. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, and just, you know, get, get that stuff for, for free on us for 30 days by going to audibletrial.com slash J A T G. Gosh, Greg, you get so good at that. I I'm getting God. good at it. You're aren't I? Really, it, I'm not really even good. practicing. I'm I would just, still be going uh, J uh, a TV. And, uh, and, still and, be uh, messing that up. and, uh, I have a lot of those. We go yes. back and watch our previous. <laughs> yeah. All right, Greg, I'm excited. It's been like, I'm guessing 20 we have podcasts. People. Yes. We, we have, have people on just to prove we know on. how to interact with other human beings. <laughs> yes. We, we have, have the on. best smile in Hollywood, Danny Trejo, uh, on, she is a, she's been a guest. She's featured on here a couple of times. We love her. We adore her. And she was nice enough to bring a friend on this conversation in our podcast. Tori Ma Ma Mason. See, I can't even say names right. That's I get a lot of Mansons. It's okay. Mansons. <laughs> Any relation to Perry Mason? No? Okay. <laughs> Tori, welcome. Danny, welcome. Um, Tori, can you give us a small little background on, on what you do? Yeah, so I work for a talent management company. Um, it's kind of similar to what Danny does at an agency. Um, we represent actors and um, I work at this small company called Neon Kite. I started working with my boss about a year ago at a bigger management company. And then we jumped ship about six months ago and started our own gig. Um, and so I'm kind of her executive assistant slash office assistant slash uh, I do all the dishes and, you know, all of the above. Girl I, everything. I do everything. Yeah. Um, I'm keeping Hollywood single-handedly running. Um, Very nice. And, we yeah, appreciate so, it. <laughs> we've got a cool roster of clients. We, uh, we have a small company. We have a lit manager and a um, talent manager, my boss. So we represent everybody, writers, directors, actors. So Podcasters. Yeah. Not yet. Not, <laughs> not yet. yet. We're not okay. in that plane yet, but maybe yeah. eventually. We're maybe, trying to be well-rounded. Or you, you never know. You never know. You never know. Because I know, Danny, you've said you, you work in pre, uh, predominantly film. Um, film and TV. Fil oh, you do film and TV. Okay. So, film Tori, TV are, are you just doing everything across the board, or are you focused still on, like, film, TV projects and stuff? Or do you do everything? I don't think they heard you, Greg. Okay. Uh, Tori, do you, do you working just in, in Oh, uh, I thought that was a question for Danny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was referencing. I was, like, looking at her, like. Film. Why are, why are words coming out of your mouth? Uh, What's happening? What yeah, show no. is this? <laughs> we do mainly uh, movies, TV. Uh, we are kind of, we have a client who's trying to develop a um, 
like a online web series type thing right okay, now. Sure. Um, we work a lot. We're kind of like, we're trying to be a management slash production company. So mm -hmm. we have writing clients and we also have uh, acting clients. And a lot of what we've been doing for the past six months is trying to package them uh, together and get movies made, um, which has been pretty cool. So with that comes mostly film TV, but we're kind of maybe branching a little bit into the mm -hmm. web space since it's okay. so popular and so big, but yeah, yeah mainly film TV. So right. one thing that I don't think I've ever made very clear is when you say you're a theatrical representative, that means film, TV, theater. Mm -hmm. When you say you're commercial, literally just commercials. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. So is know. there much of a difference now with TV and film? Is there much of a difference with Netflix and, you know, really, Prime Video? and? It comes to availability. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um a film you get done in a certain amount of time uh, with with TV, you've got um, when a when a show is going to go for whatever seven seasons, people mm -hmm. aren't going to be available. Let's say it's a network show. They're not going to be available from uh, August through April. Mm -hmm. So it, it and then it you is. can't do another TV show unless right. it's a limited series right. and it's all super technical. <clears throat> it is, is there... nice to see that uh, America has actually embrace the long form in, in terms of like you know big big stars big entertainment people are it's not just all about the movies anymore they're like whoa look look at what's Even happening on schwarzenegger yeah there you go no one yep. thought that jump was gonna happen nope yeah that's what i was gonna ask you do you find that there's a lot of actors anymore saying no i'm a film actor i am not doing any tv shows or anything like that no because yeah. there's money in tv now yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> but i think that I think that we're getting more to the point where like limited series are seen as more prestige television. So those okay. big actors like Chris Evans, you know, will only really do a limited series or they'll do something on high end like Apple. But right. I feel mm -hmm. like there's still those actors who see just like traditional network TV, like ABC or Fox as right. something a little bit beneath them as right. like, you know, I want to be a film actor. So I'm only going to do these high end cable shows or like, something that's limited, you know, yeah. that doesn't take me out of the running for anything else. Yeah. Like John Hamm, he's, he's, he's starving right now for something. <laughs> you guys seen those commercials that he's on Apple TV? No, I haven't. Seen oh, he's on, uh, he's on a commercial. Uh, it's Apple TV and he keeps cr scrolling through all the Apple shows going, I was available for this. What do you have him on there for? Come on guys, give me something here. And then I think there's one where there's two twins of the same actor. He's like, Oh, come on. You could, I could have been oh, a double ham. Come yeah, on. Uh, Mahershala. <laughs> yeah. He's got one where he's playing himself. So that's okay. The joke uh, went playing the joke went over the head. Android. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's not why we got you on here. No, uh, Greg and I kind of stumbled onto something that we thought, and it's kind of been a small discussion within the our podcast realms. Where, um, Greg, I'm gonna let you let you take this. Yeah, why don't you let me take this? Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, well, as as two ladies in the film industry, we really wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this because uh, it came out on Thursday. Uh, one of the news news feeds that I follow is the Philip DeFranco show. He's a big YouTuber and it does like uh, really he's he's uh, he's media, he's news, but it's all like nonpartisan. Like I really like his take on things. So that's why I follow him. And he did a story uh, that came up about uh, Sydney Sweeney, uh, who stars in Euphoria, uh, or is one of the uh, actors in Euphoria. And um, her 
character in that show has a lot of nude scenes and it's very uh it fits with her character but she did another show an hbo series called white lotus which uh is one that i watch and is she's amazing in um and now she's getting all this critical acclaim but she doesn't get naked in in white lotus so uh kind of what's happening is and i'll just kind of um read her quote uh she says, I do White Lotus, and all of a sudden, critics are paying attention. People are loving me. They're going, oh, my God, what is she doing next? And I was like, did you not see that in in Euphoria? Did you not see that in The Handmaid's Tale? Uh, and she goes on, when a guy does a sex scene or shows his body, he still wins awards and still gets praise. She said, but the moment a girl does it, it's completely different. So we're looking at this double standard in in hollywood in entertainment uh which has really kind of always been the case but i'm uh it's been brought to light again of when a a woman does nudity uh tasteful nudity uh, whether it's needed for the character or not she's almost like diminished in the eyes of the public in the eyes of the critics meanwhile if a guy does it it's like nobody cares so and he can go on to win the awards and, and still get the accolades um meanwhile the woman may have just like a knockout performance and even to the point and this is something that i'm adding on it's not in the article but um like there are actresses that will do a nude scene and it's a powerful scene like it's an emotional like scene. monster's ball like With monster's ball yeah something like that or, or i would even uh think about um uh, black swan with uh natalie portman and, and some of the, her scenes in there which yes she's she's nude but it's like not the point of the scene at all um but those scenes still get pulled from those films and then they go up on like adult sites as hey look at this and it completely takes it out of the film so uh we wanted to bring you two on as working in the entertainment industry and kind of get your thoughts on this like where do you think this is headed is it getting better is it getting worse you know talk about that double standard is there something that you ladies have to like, is this a discussion when you're talking to your actresses that you're sending, you know, to auditions and things like that and go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually it's one of the first things that I talk to, especially my development clients with, I'm like, Hey, if you don't want to do nudity, we don't have to, Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you projects that I think are strong and we can discuss it if it is in the script. And also once you get into the deal points of the contract, you can, we can try to work in whatever situation is going to make you feel the most comfortable. Um, so that's like right off the bat, like I bring it up pretty much right away. Cause I want them yeah. to know that I'm on their side and like, you don't have to do whatever, anything you don't want to. And I can only do so much on my end because I know that they have discussions with the creatives before we get to hear anything. So on paper, they can't do anything that we haven't signed off on or shouldn't legally. Right. So, um, so yeah, that's one of the first things that we discuss that I discuss with my clients when they, and I, I will say one of the things that we use in order to submit clients for projects on is this website called breakdowns express and basically what it does is it posts um character breakdowns for a series that they're casting and it'll say all the details where it shoots all that stuff and it they're required to say if a role is going to require nudity in it um or even implied yeah so it's like very specific and so don't submit clients unless they're not comfortable with it so we always 
as reps are very conscious of when we're sending things to clients that they're very aware and very comfortable with the idea that they will have to do nudity um, or and then you know like Danny said down the line it even becomes a bigger discussion it could say in the breakdown when we submit them that there is going to be nudity but then we can negotiate in their contract what type of nudity is it going to be are we going to see everyone's nipples is it going to be side boob mm-hmm. is it going to be like you know we figure all of that out and then on set we make sure that they're comfortable we sign nudity riders before they even go into like a situation where they need to be nude so it's like very much especially as a manager we are like constantly checking in with clients, like especially young women when they're needed to mm-hmm. be nude on television um, to make sure that they feel comfortable. And I've been in rooms where my boss has like been very clear with casting and with producers saying like, no, this isn't okay. You know, there's no need for her to be full frontal in the scene. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, it's constantly a discussion that you are constantly having with producers. And I think that it's something that has definitely gotten better in the industry um, on like doing things that women are comfortable with. So the question, uh, that I have for Danny, you said implied nudity. Is that the kind of situation where, uh, kind of like where the actress might have her back to the camera? So she's, I mean, she's nude on mm-hmm. set, but maybe not particularly in the shot. Is that what that is? Because I, I, that seems no, to be almost on like set, a different they thing. They have probably like pasties or like something covering their front, and okay. then you see their back. So they're not naked, but they could have, you know, pants on wherever they shoot. Yeah. Um, and then or also like naked under a sheet is also implied nudity. Okay. 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 Um, do you get the feeling that when there's a young up and comer or someone who is just desperate to get a foot in the door that they tend to, do you feel that they feel a pressure that I got to do this to get my shot? Like I, I I'm recalled to the, um, who played, uh, the dragon queen, Greg. Amelia Clark. Yeah. Okay. Amelia Clark. She said in the beginning of game of Thrones, there were some nudity where she felt like yeah, she was making a lot. Yeah, she had to do that because nobody knew her. But as she started gaining traction, she started pulling back on that, saying basically, like, you know, no, I don't need to do that right now. Like, we let's figure something else out. Which I'm, even, I'm, go ahead. I would say even her quote that that you're kind of you're hinting to there is um, later on in the series where they're like, well, the sheet's going to be down and you're going to be exposed, and she's like, no, I don't think so, and. I don't know if it was a producer or or somebody that was on set was like, are you sure you don't really want to disappoint your Game of Thrones fans? Oh, that was. And, and she was like, disappoint? no, fuck you. Get out of here. And she would like dismiss them. But by that time, she was she was Daenerys Stormborn, you know, Amelia Clark, get away from me. And she was able to do that where early on she didn't have the clout to, to, to do that. Yeah. So we're, so- I was gonna say, where was the question in there? <laughs> no, the question. The question was. The question was, do you feel that uh, uh, a young actress who's just trying to start feels that pressure to? Well, maybe I have to. So I, I think yes. I think that it's kind of it's become a big issue that women are constantly more and more required to do full frontal nudity or to do nudity to get a part. Um, and euphoria is a really interesting example, I think, because I remember a couple months ago when they were casting this upcoming season of euphoria, they had released a breakdown for a role that was a one day guest star, which mm-hmm. is essentially like, you're not going to be in that show like you're going to get maybe two three speaking lines you're going to get paid a thousand dollars to work one day on set not a big deal um barely going to speak it's not Mm going to 
be a blip on the euphoria universe but people want so badly to be in euphoria that they'll do that one day guest star well this role in particular required that the woman who's supposed to be playing a 16 year old is does full frontal nudity and mm -hmm. me and my boss had been very upfront with our clients that we casting had requested to see tapes from and we said i don't think this is necessary that you need to take your clothes off for a one-day guest star it's mm -hmm. not going to do anything for your career but so many women will take for it because they know that having euphoria on their resume is an amazing opportunity mm. and that doesn't detract from you know that doesn't make me respect those women any less i of respect course. them even more but it's like really kind of alarming that we would expect a young actress who is supposed to be playing a 16 year old mm -hmm. to go up for an audition and have to do full frontal nudity for a one day guest star that's not even gonna make a difference mm -hmm. and so i think that that is kind of where we're transitioning to with like shows like euphoria where it's like is this necessary are we right. gonna really put girls through this because they feel like it's what they need to do in order to get to the next step in their career and right. so that's that particular breakdown has like sat with me a lot but i don't know if danny has like a different perspective on that uh, i agree even the witcher season mm -hmm. one especially too like there yep. were moments where I was like, mm, okay, but yeah, this is why I brought Tori on because I think she's very well spoken and can really absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, we and we certainly appreciate. I feel as well. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate both of you being here. Um, and going back to sorry to cut you off, but no, going back good, to absolutely. Tori, again, I actually um, I think that it's really interesting when you talk about Sydney Sweeney versus Zendaya because Zendaya or has even Barbie, huh? Or even Barbie. Yeah, well, but so for Zendaya, if you notice in the show, she doesn't have any nudity. Um, and that's because she's Zendaya. So a lot of this mm -hmm. goes back to bargaining power, which, you know, as an actress, you have like, like you, if you're at a certain level in your career, like Zendaya, where she's been on so many shows, she's in the Spider-Man universe. She's mm -hmm. like a rock star. She's a movie star. They want Zendaya in that series. They want her. Mm -hmm. So they're going to do everything in their power to get Zendaya on that series. So when they brought her Euphoria, she didn't have to, I mean, I don't know what her audition process was like, but she didn't, they weren't going to her to say, hey, we're picking you out of this like lineup of women. We think you might be cool. Come join our show. No, they mm -hmm. wanted Zendaya. Right. So she was able to negotiate for herself that she didn't have to do any nudity. Well, all of these other actresses who are in the show who've never done anything else, don't have any credits, didn't feel like they had the bargaining power to be able to do that, to be able to work no nudity into their contracts because, well, another girl will. So another mm -hmm. girl with no credits is going to agree to that. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, so I think that's a difference between Zendaya and Sydney Sweeney is like it's very alarming how, you know, they're allowed to do show as much <laughs> nudity right. as they want of the other women because they didn't have the bargaining power to negotiate that into their contracts before even shooting the series, which I think is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that 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 could I'm sure that causes a riff like that causes a um no pretty actress yeah actors maybe they just they're just upset at the way Hollywood works and um I I just feel like we're it sounds like we're on such a different path than what Greg and I and maybe you girls heard as we were growing up maybe wanting to get into this industry of what it was really mm -hmm. like and what girls had to put up like i the things that they did to uh who's the girl uh not uh shirley temple or was it dorothy we, we talked oh, about this oh uh judy uh, judy, judy garland, garland. Judy yeah. garland what they did to her to yeah. keep her so yeah, skinny or something ridiculous like that. yeah 
um, nowadays that's being called out and it's being put to a stop to, but it sounds like it almost isn't because it's almost like, Hey, do you want to get on this show? Cause if, if you know, the, the part requires you to take off your shirt and make out with this guy. And if you can't do that, this girl really wants to do it. So. Yeah. I, did I, I mean, not have a question there? <laughs> the, listen, they're safer than they were in the sixties. Absolutely. Yeah. Are we where we should be? No. I okay. mean, look at, we just took down Harvey Weinstein, right? Like right. it's, yeah. it's, and like all the Epstein stuff, like it's all disgusting. Like it is. And mm -hmm. so what we want to do was protect our people as much as possible. And when you audition for an HBO show, it's HBO. Yeah. They have nudity in all of their shows. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's part of the discussion. Okay. It's part well, of the discussion. And actually going back to white Lotus, one of the things that I was really shocked by, and I, I watched that series front to back was the kind of lack of nudity that mm -hmm. was in that show for it being an HBO show. In I fact, think it's a Mike. What's his last name? White. Mike, no. it's a Mike White thing. I think it's Mike White, right? Is it? I don't there, know, the guy, Ned Schneebly from School of Rock. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he, I, I think that's a him thing. Is it? It probably it was. There were almost um, the least creepy guy, I think, in all. There were there was more skin on dudes seen on camera than there was for the women. Mm -hmm. And I and here's the thing, like I I haven't I don't watch euphoria i mean i'll come out and say that because it I mean, is my boss and my and the other agent don't watch it because they find it creepy it Thank is, you. i mean i, I was really creeped out i'm i'm taking my keys my cues from john here who watched a couple episodes of it he's like i couldn't it's do intense. it no and i watched the first episode my wife looked at each my wife and i looked at each other at the end of it and said yeah i think we're good with this we don't need yeah. to watch this, yeah, this. and i taught does not play no yeah. no it and doesn't I taught high school for a long time so that was like the age of my students and, and even as a high school teacher when you know that your students are engaging in some of that stuff you still don't want to know about it like you're not right. questioning them about it so so right. that's kind of what's keeping me away from the show but I knew Sydney Sweeney from her work in White Lotus. And this is kind of the point where it might throw a monkey wrench a little bit in some people's views is, you know, I go on Reddit to find news from around the world and like live video and stuff, but she's on Reddit a lot because she's taking selfies of herself. Well, selfies of herself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's taking selfies of her nude in various places and those pop up on Reddit. Now I'm not saying that she's, putting that out there. I'm not sure how they get there. You just kind of scroll past that stuff when you see it. But is that affecting her case a little bit in the eyes of either other people in Hollywood or the media in general, where she's saying, look, I don't want to do these nude scenes and I'm not getting the accolades that I want because of my performance in this because I'm naked. But on the other side, like her own social media page is filled with her showing skin. She's an adult. She can post whatever yeah. she wants. But those nude photos, I guarantee you, she did not post those. Someone okay. ripped them off of Euphoria or stole them from her. Still a thing. And okay. And I really don't know. I'm just wondering if that's affecting. I'm just saying, yeah. I no, I understand. That, I think that the people that are hiring her are not looking at Reddit okay. and seeing what those presumably men are posting. I think what. I think what Greg was trying to say was there's a, I'll go to a different person. There's a, a sports journalist named Joy Taylor. 
on um yeah she on if you were to look on her instagram half the time she is showing pictures of her in her bathing suit she's showing cleavage she's showing she's she's a full-grown adult and she's showing she's a full-grown adult and i think what greg's trying to say is don't yell or i i'm not going to speak for greg but for me what it seems to me it, it is it's if you're going to say judge me as a journalist why are you why do you and you know you're a public figure why are you putting on your instagram page like you in a bikini you um showing you showing showing what makes you beautiful i don't know if that's the right thing to say or <laughs> wrong thing to say i'm sorry but that's i guess my question is twofold for that is that a double standard or are we as a society are we do we have the problem because we should look at it differently as she's a beautiful woman showing that she's a beautiful woman but she's still a journalist god i hope i'm saying all this right i don't think one should um come from the other hinder the other even if you're saying don't check it out i know plenty of hot people that are some of the smartest well-spoken people that i know of course yes you know what i'm saying yes i know i don't think i don't think it should correlate does it sure because that's society as you're saying in the eyes of public opinion that's kind of the that's why i think a lot of people are maybe dismissing this story a little bit is because of her social media they shouldn't but is that She's, is that happening but what sh- what's she gonna do get a breast reduction no. like exactly. god no exactly <laughs> like what can she do here like those aren't fake those are not fake those are hers <laughs> like i, I actually don't oh, know yeah. i've never watched I don't know. I don't, I've never seen this girl. You've never at seen all. him. So, no. so she's also, she was in my friend's movie. Um, the vampire movie that I think we talked about briefly when night teeth, when I was on last. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she has a scene with Megan Fox and she's supposed to play this, like, like, yes, I remember her now vampire. Mm-hmm. Yes. She like, but there she's a presumably adult woman, right? right. She's this vamp, this super old vampire. So is it that she's playing a teenager and being sexualized or mm-hmm. is it that she's an adult doing what she wants on her Instagram? Ooh. Um. I think it's hard for people to separate like the art from the artist. And I think mm-hmm. that especially with actors and actresses, it's really, really hard for people to accept that they're human beings and that they have their own lives and that they are completely separate from their characters on screen and, and so i grow think, and change mm-hmm. yeah and so i think that it's like obviously in an ideal world no her pictures on instagram and all of that would have nothing to do with her performance on euphoria and her being angry about people hypersexualizing her but in the world we live in i don't think that people can just as easily make those distinctions between the real her and the her on euphoria um and i think that yeah, I think it sucks because people just are not mm-hmm. don't take her seriously because they're like, oh, you're sexualizing yourself. So why can't we? Um, and that's just not fair because she's a woman. She's allowed to mm-hmm. do whatever yeah. she wants with her own body. Right. Um, Agreed. So the yeah. other question I have, it, and this kind of popped up as as we've been talking here and some of the things that Danny said is, is this more of an American point of view? Like where, that. where like the Europeans, we know they have a different attitude about nudity where where nude beaches are common and things like that and even um 
the shots that I've seen of Sydney Sweeney where she's topless, you know, that like when I went to Jamaica years ago, I was like, okay, move along. I mean, like no big deal, anything like that. Is it just like our American stigma where we're still kind of prudes about nudity in general that's really playing into this or is it something else? Oh, absolutely yeah, deep rooted yeah <laughs> if you watch oh, like, both of your reactions you're like oh god yeah come on middle-aged <laughs> white man what's wrong with you well i like i i went to film school and i like saw so much french cinema that is just like mm -hmm. alarmingly nude like there's children nude they're yeah. just like their rules and regulations are just totally so different. different and i think that the hollywood industry has been so deeply changed and scarred by all of the um i can't think of the word i'm looking for but all of like the rating system of like pg-13 versus r like all of those years where hyper let hyper right like christians were blocking mm -hmm. everything and anything having to do with sex in tv and women and married couples had to sleep in separate beds on tv like ah, oh, the good old days yeah the good old <laughs> days i think that we are you still could get some sleep back then yeah that was good <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we're still feeling the shockwaves of that in our media because, you know, most most content is geared toward like older middle America mm -hmm. um, and who grew up with that type of content. So I think it's just we are so like we just we're aren't comfortable with it. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a great there's a great documentary out there called this film is not yet rated that talks all about the MPAA and the rating system and like what, how do they come up with these, these ratings. And it really looks at like, you know, violence versus sexuality, where if you have, you know, four topless women in a film, it's automatically a rated R. Meanwhile, you can show a guy getting absolutely riddled with bullets and like appendages being chopped off and they're like, yeah, we're thinking maybe PG 13. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it, there, it's not a balanced system at all. No. Did you want to add anything, Danny? No. no. Okay. <laughs> um, I think we've kind of, you think we've hit that? I mean, well, I, I would like to know like, where, where do you think we're headed? Like, like fast forward five years, 10 years is, is nudity is nudity in film and in you guys see yourselves in five years <laughs> <laughs> is it gonna be as big of a deal i mean i'm seeing nudity now on cable tv series yeah. that i didn't expect i can't oh, i can't remember what show we're watching um but there's um oh it was the great on on hulu mm -hmm. um and i was watching that and oh i just thought uh fanning um l Oh, Fanning. Yep. Uh, in the last couple episodes of this last season, she's they're doing full on love scenes and she's naked. And I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming, even though it's a it's a streaming show. It's I mean, it's not on regular TV anywhere. I don't know why, but I was actually like a little taken aback that I mean, it fits the scene. It's tastefully done, mm -hmm. but I just didn't expect to see it. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. And I just wonder if that's going to become more common. Do we get used to it as a society? Do we embrace our Europeans or past or whatever? I don't know. What do you think? I, I mean, I think that with streamers, they can do a lot more. And that's why you see a lot more. Mm -hmm. 
So it's, I think the rating system that will make a difference if it were to, you know, if they're, if legally they have to, I don't think, I think if anything, we would get more versus less unless someone pulls some strings. I don't know. <laughs> Tori. I feel like right now with nudity, it feels like we're kind of like kids let loose in a candy store. Like we, with all these streamers, if there's yeah. so much more room mm -hmm. to showcase nudity and to showcase more sex and all of that. But I think that it's kind of coming to a place where it feels like faux feminism, where, you know, yeah. we're saying like, we want to cherish our bodies and like sex is okay and all of this, but it's like, okay, well, we're still putting women in very uncomfortable positions that they don't need to be in in right. order to get their careers off the ground because it also is very skewed towards women being nude yeah. instead of men. And I hope that in the future that we will eventually create, have, we'll level out. And right now we're just like, there's such a boom of streamers and so much creative freedom uh, that we haven't had before. And I think that hopefully we'll reach a point where it's not like, always in your face for shock value because i think mm -hmm. that's what shows like euphoria do is mm -hmm. there was a scene where they have literally i think they counted it like 26 penises on screen just for no reason just like that on was this euphoria show yes yeah, he walks uh, into the locker room and it's you go past the showers and everybody's <clears throat> naked yeah and so it's like that's that's just shock value that's not there's nothing artistic there's no reason for also, it right let's not forget it also has to happen behind the camera yes the writers the producers yeah. there has to be women involved to be like hey whoa, whoa, whoa. don't you think that's way too many penises <laughs> you know? well, and, and the one the one good thing how many penises is too many um, or well i i, I guess i, I get like, like sweeney did say like there's been times where she's working with the director um sam sam levinson's the sam Levinson, show yep. he's he's the creator that, right and so yeah he's go he's going like his like he's gone up and down too because he mm -hmm. had a kerfuffle with barbie and she's not in the season much like her story changed right so like there's a lot going on that we don't see right or let alone here right yeah. so okay cue josh whedon yeah yes. yeah <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I yeah I think that like it, in situations like that where it's like like there is an intimacy coordinator on set when things like that happen and there's time out like, time out time out that's a job title What's yes that's a job title <laughs> yes intimacy yes, coordinator, coordinator. Mm -hmm. how do you get that job and explain <laughs> and walk us through this or I feel like you there's there's actually a very amazing SNL sketch about uh, intimacy coordinators that you should absolutely go watch after this it is so funny um but they're basically on set their whole job is to make sure that you feel comfortable so when there's um when there's like a sex scene or nudity they call it a closed set so they decrease their um, amount of people on set by like 75 percent. so it's the bare minimum bare bones crew right. not that Put many on Lionel Richie yes yeah, like very very <laughs> small set and then there's an intimacy coordinator and they're there just to make sure that everyone's following the rules that you know there's nobody's hands where they don't need to be um just like their job is to make sure that the intimacy scene goes smoothly i guess um, if you think about it it would be kind of necessary mm -hmm. yeah. yeah their whole well, job is just to watch sex scenes all day every day i i get the job description my question is how do you 
I mean, are you a producer? Then you go, you know what? I'm going to specialize in intimacy, <laughs> intimacy scenes and make my, I mean, how, I don't know. To me, that's like becoming a, a wine sommelier where you're just like, I drank a lot of wine and I can kind of figure <laughs> out what's good now. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm honestly uh, not yeah. that familiar in how you become one. I yeah, really should look into yeah. it. You, awesome. you really should and get back to us. Yeah, let us know. Because <laughs> I, I would like it. Because I'm looking for things to like do after retirement. You know? you intimacy <laughs> I think that'd be fun to be, you know, after retirement. Well, it's son, not, I think you should back off fun. a little there. Everyone, everyone feels awkward. And hurts. yeah, I would imagine. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I'd imagine it's not a great, great. Time. No, I mean, look, Greg and I, Greg and I have talked on this podcast that we thought that that must be, you know, very a hard scene to do, especially yeah. if like your wife is there or your, your wife is behind the curtain. And there's that moment where you're a young man, she's a young woman, nature kind of does its thing and yeah. you have to apologize oh, all, or not apologize. Away. Huh? Everything's tucked away. Well, what, even, even wait a minute, wait, oh, what do you mean they're tucked away? You mean like they tape it to the leg they, or something? Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Is but that even, part of the intimacy coordinator to do that? Uh, I don't know. I does he like check probably, the taping? That's that their probably, assistant probably. <laughs> no, probably wardrobe, right? I think that's something you got to do on your own. Yeah, they give yeah. it to you. Wardrobe gives you the like the piece, the pieces, and then you With, do it yourself. Do they do yeah. they, they like instructions? Up. It's all folded up, and then you're like, what? Uh, what? Did, okay. It's like a it's like a sock, from what I I've heard. Hey, mm -hmm. if you two are ever like writing a sitcom, this is something you put in. Can't you picture Ross trying to figure this out before he's about to do a scene from Friends? <laughs> Or Joey trying to figure that out. Yeah, that'd be. That'd wow, be I didn't even know that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I want to throw a question at you, ladies, if you don't. Hold mind. on, I just our one quote for tonight. Well, we did get a spam quote, which was interesting. It's our first one of that. But my daughter's upstairs <laughs> laughing her ass off at us. <laughs> I'm this sure. We're not even pulling out the funny stuff. No, yet. not yet. <laughs> um, I could do a whole stand-up set. The well, there you go. Funny. There's another. Quote. Um, I think John and I we, we mentioned that he was telling a story of I can't remember the actor, but he. He said before a scene with with a lady, um, you know, and he's all again strapped up with with whatever he's got to strap in, strap down, whatever. And he's like, "Hey, I'm sorry if I do." And he's talking about getting aroused. He's like, "I'm sorry if I do," and I'm also sorry if I don't. Because <laughs> I mean, one way or another, I mean, how do you stand that? <laughs> yeah, that's I. I when I was that, when I was I 20, I was like, parties, I can't wait to do it. And now I would be like, oh, my God, I don't think I'd ever want to do that. I think on camera, both parties are just worried about what they have to do. Okay. To, to make it believable. Yeah, that's true. That it's not an arousing situation for either of them. Well, and there is one actor. And there's I a cannot... bunch of people watching you. So yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. With the camera just like right up there. At the yeah. same time, I've been to a couple clubs in my day where everybody was watching anyway, and some people just don't care. That's true. But anyway. um, there's a, a, I know there's one actor. Um, I'm trying to look him up. Uh, he he has gone on record and says that he does not like it's part of his contract. He doesn't um, have intimacy scenes with anybody. Like it's, he, he just doesn't take roles that require that. Um, he, he played, uh, he was on band of brothers. Uh, he played bull tall, blonde hair, like really blue eyes. Um, I can't remember his name. I'll have to look it up, but sounds, dreamy. but yeah, 
he's well and he's yeah he's a good looking dude but he he has made it kind of a, a stance that he's like yeah i don't i don't do those scenes i don't take those jobs and i thought that was really interesting Who? no nope nope um he he played the he played uh one of the commanding Probably officers not michael fassbender. <laughs> no, the guy from City? not michael fassbender but he had it did you see the Rob movie Levin- shane Livingston? nope um <laughs> Just keep naming them. Just going through the just going. Tom Hanks. (laughs) I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, Band of Brothers, not Saving Private Ryan. Correct. Uh, Well, he plays Dum Dum, uh, Dum Dum Dugan in in the Marvel series. Oh yes, I know who you're talking about now. Um, God, I cannot remember his name. He's done it. He's he always plays bad guys. Usually, usually he plays bad guys. Neil McDonough. Yes, that's him. Okay. That gentleman, yeah. Well, there you go. Bad guys never get love scenes. <laughs> true. true. Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to see Dum Dum, you know, find a Yeah. Speaking yeah, of guys know. and love scenes, scary. that actually has nothing to do with love scenes, but guys in general, Chris Hemsworth brought up one time that when, like, Christian Bale decides to lose basically every ounce of fat on him and look like he's about to die or he gains 50 pounds to portray i think he oh, portrayed yeah. like that, right that he gets the props for that but hemsworth was saying like to get in shape you have to eat really well you basically have to uh you know you're in the gym eight hours a day trying to look a certain way like a superhero physique but you don't get the credit that a guy does if he starves himself or if he gets really fat Mm-hmm. They consider them, oh, those are serious actors, but they won't give the credit to like a Hemsworth who's doing it f- to match what uh, what a superhero would look like. What do you guys think about that? It's the material. It's the I material. There's like a stigma around Marvel. I think that like it's not, I mean, Martin Scorsese went on like a rant in an interview yeah. Yeah. about how Marvel's not real cinema. I think that there's just like this, dichotomy between real cinema and marvel and it's never falls into the real cinema category so i think that's where the issue is with chris but i also do think that men in general that is the like norm to look like that in movies so when you do anything on the opposite ends of the spectrum it's like oh wow you're amazing you know i see what you're saying so you expect everybody so they expect everybody to look like ryan reynolds and if they go one way or the other, then it's like, whoa, wow, good job. You're an actor. Yeah. But also, do you remember what Ryan Reynolds looked like when he was Van Wilder? He looked oh, yeah. like, a, like a you know normal 20-year-old guy yeah. who had maybe a little bit of a six-pack, but wasn't dieting like crazy mm-hmm. because right. he was 20. You go right? look at him and waiting, and that face is round. Yeah, yeah. And like they were drinking probably, you know, like yeah. it was mm-hmm. a different world because the spectacle of the superhero was not a thing yet. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think right. that made a big shift in in uh physique. So you said there's a there's a, a stigma to Marvel that people don't take it seriously. Oh yeah. In terms of art. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so like people like a really good actor like Robert Downey Jr. or Benedict Cumberbatch, they consider that what selling out. I, I probably more like cashing in, but being, <laughs> being Iron Man saved Robert Downey Jr. Right, career. sure, I agree. Right, and 
he was able to help make superstars by that. And I don't know. Like Tom Holland's loved, and I don't think he's loved because of chaos walking. I think it's because he's Spider-Man <laughs> and everybody loves him as Spider-Man. Right. But he's never going to get a nomination for Spider-Man. Uh, are you sure? I heard it's coming this year. They were talking about it. Isn't there buzz on that? Maybe, or am I wrong? Maybe Golden Globe, but no, that's <gasps> not. How dare you poop on the Golden Globes? Not that, I, not that I've heard. Well, the Golden Globes are my favorite. Everybody gets drunk and it's hilarious to watch, but they didn't even cast it this year. <laughs> really? So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, we saw, Tori and I went to see Eternals together and we were both sobbing. We were like, this movie was beautiful. But it guess was. what? It was directed by the woman who directed Dunkirk. Like, yeah that's why it was beautiful and i think they did it on purpose they did it so that way they could have more like levity to what they're doing it's like yeah. hey we're not just all green screens and whatever mm -hmm. right like look at this director who did this oscar film we can right. make the, the eternals just as beautiful i actually really enjoyed that that got a lot of flack and it never it. deserved it Oh, that was great. I thought it was good. You know, when yeah, I think about more on emotional right. and human growth than anything else, right? Like, or yeah, even just what it means to be human. Exactly. I mean, th that was very much a, a theme. It, which is a theme, I think, overall in all comics, right? Yes. But it's not, Could this be. was in your face. Yeah. The, the I mean, being a, a giant nerd that I am, you know, the, Kind of the nerd type movies, your your special effects extravaganzas, your your superheroes, your fantasy films, they normally don't get nominated in the same way that like your basic comedies don't get nominated. Um, well, didn't Lord of the Rings get a bunch of? I was going to say okay. until until Peter Jackson did Return of the King, but it was almost like a culmination of the three films where they got to see, and it and it's still a crime against humanity that Sean Astin didn't get a nomination for, for best supporting actor in that film, because, Oh my gosh. Um, I just recently showed Tori the Goonies. <laughs> you know, I just, Tori, you've never seen the Goonies. I've never seen the Goonies and it's so, one of her favorite what? movies. And she showed me and I, I Oh my God. It. It's fantastic. I just saw a meme today and my wife and I were laughing at it, that it showed it was a uh, Sean Astin. He's in like a Florida experience or something like that. He's swimming with an otter and the otters like cuddled up to him. And it's something like that. It's a sweet picture. And oh somebody God, says, right. Hey, look, this is Sean Astin from stranger things swimming with honor or swimming oh, with no. an otter. And right below there is somebody goes, uh, no, that's Samwise from the Lord of the Rings, uh, like you Gen X boob. And then right below that, we went, no, that's Mikey from the Goonies, you millennial trash. And it was just like this <laughs> thing that's going on. And I love every minute of it. Hey, Mikey, you got to go to the bathroom. Yep. yep. Hey, old Mikey. <laughs> but that's what I love about Sean Astin's career. Like, yeah. wow, what a roller coaster. Like, I hear he's one of the nicest guys in the world, too. Of he is. course I met him. he is. Like, of course he is. Ugh, what does that mean, Danny? What does I'm that mean? Like, of course he is. Like, of course he would be. Because people that have, like, that have been in the industry for that long yeah. understand how important it is to be human and a good human. Mm -hmm because that's what makes their careers last for so long. I would say you're wrong. You like, know, John. 
what I mean by that is like there are people that like you think Tom, Tom Cruise has been there as long as Mr. Well, Tom uh, Cruise is a whole other story. <laughs> my point is he's been there as long as you're saying and he's out there, man. There's a difference well, between when yeah. you when you talk about that, you have to ask yourself, are they a Scientologist? And if they answer, <laughs> yes, that's what I was getting we at. We should play that game. We should play that game. Is that the Venn, Are you a Scientologist or not? <laughs> Yeah, but if the yeah. answer is yes, then they're not the good type of person that survived. The, the if and board as it goes down, it just mm -hmm. are they Scientologists? Yes, and then sorry down the bottom. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. okay, that that's actually a good point. I guess my point was, I think, I think you're missing a major point in Sean Aston. I don't think he ever got as high as Tom Cruise. I think he hit some hard because he's well, a nice because person. he wasn't a heartthrob. Well, no, oh, have you seen are Toy you Story? kidding me? My Toy sister Soldiers? had my Mikey Goonies. Listen, I think he was one of my first crushes that I've never really registered. Right. But like I love like he I loved him, right? But he's not he didn't he never looked like Tom Cruise. Danny, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you, but you think I'm not. What I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is I okay. think he was humbled by Hollywood and that made him a good he realized okay i'm not as like i'm not this big shot where everybody's like i think i think people actually worship tom cruise and well, i think they do they yeah do. and i think sean astin always understood i think he always understood that hey i i'm not any different than this i just happen to do this but i'm not mm -hmm. different and i think there are other actors like i i would like to think ryan reynolds is one of those people maybe I think uh, we talked about someone that we both know that kind of he was a young guy, very good looking. A lot of uh, daughters, certain daughters had big crushes on him and he oh, kind of okay. got had to get away from Hollywood because he felt himself getting sucked into it. I think he lives in a different country now. I think we know who we're talking about. I'm just saying, yes. uh, you know, he's someone I could see where he literally could have gotten swept up in it all. Mm -hmm. But he level set and said, whoa. I got to get out of here. This is like, mm -hmm. this is hurting me. And I think Hemsworth did the same thing. Um, so I think that's becoming more now than it used to be. Because in, didn't it used to be you had to be in Hollywood? Like you had to be there. You had to be noticed. You had to mm -hmm. do, you had to be partying with all these people. You had to be doing these things so that you would get that handshake deal to where you can get in and get the new movie or something like that. Am I wrong? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the internet, right? That's, that's part of global economy yeah that's part of the growth that we've we've been able to accomplish right but yeah i don't i don't i, I think don't in terms of sean Aston, he had a hollywood upbringing though too i mean mm -hmm. uh, did he his, well sure his dad was john Aston from the I, adams family no kidding that's yeah, that's johnny. news to johnny that's news to johnny <laughs> seriously what he was I, gomez adams yeah that's fantastic. He's I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Tori. She's in I the industry. Thank you. And his mom. Oh, oh Danny didn't know either. I didn't know it either. Wow. And I'm a massive Sean Astin fan, so that's wild. Who had hey. never seen the Goonies? Okay. I've never seen the Goonies, but I've watched every summer. I watch Lord of the Rings, all that's six true. of them. What was that movie that um he was in with a bunch of guys, and they all went whitewater rafting, and Kevin White Bacon was water the summer. That was awesome. I love that movie. That's with Sean Aston too. Yep. You've never seen well, it, have you, Danny? It. No. <laughs> it, it is such a weird film. It's it, Sean Aston is a computer nerd, and his parents are like, "You need a summer away doing whitewater rafting." And Kevin Bacon comes in as this, 
as this like extreme sports, I'm going to take these boys on an adventure. And then it almost becomes a slasher film. Yeah. Like halfway, he's like pushing Sean Astin because Sean Astin wants to go to computer camp, not whitewater rafting. He just keeps pushing and pushing them. And then like they almost kill each other like in the in the third act and then it becomes a survival and then it becomes a survival thing <laughs> where they're saving the each other 90s? i would say uh, so. no we're talking mid 80s oh um, are we? okay yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna so he was young yeah because yeah. patty duke he's the he's the son of patty duke and and uh john aston patty duke is his mother i didn't oh, know that I yeah know that and i will look up whitewater summer right now because i, I think greg's the only one who knows who patty duke is <laughs> what what you don't no. She had her own show. Wow. Yeah, the pen. Mm. Sorry, guys. <laughs> to quote Billy Crystal I'm, in American Sweetheart, don't tell anybody you're in the film. Just, I'm first generation. There's a lot of there's a lot of white Hollywood that I did not know. <laughs> have you have you two seen the movie American Sweethearts with John Cusack, uh, Julia Roberts, Catherine Zeta Jones, Billy Crystal, Seth Green? Watch that. It, it you'll find the humor in it. Uh, just being working where you do whitewater summer was in 1987 ah yes good old 87 yep yeah yeah okay uh so, do we have anything in the chat room um did, they, did anybody want to ask them questions well evidently we've blown marshall's mind with our sean astin facts um because <laughs> he's like mind blown i don't know if my, and my daughter's probably upstairs going who's sean astin again yeah. she's looking at <laughs> And, and meanwhile, my wife was like, she'd probably do the same thing. She had a huge crush on Sean Astin growing up. I mean, she we still can't watch the movie Toy Soldiers because she's like, no, I can't do it. Can't, <laughs> can't do it. That why well, have uh, Toy Soldiers? But he's just a he's like a seventeen year old, and he's actually pretty cut because he was seventeen years old in that movie. Oh. Do you remember that movie? terrorists take over a boys school oh my gosh i do remember not even now. terrorists i mean they were mob or no that it's, was the uh, time when terrorists are taking over everything Shopping yeah it was, it was like yeah like, totally like remember ukrainian that. communists take over a school to hold the boys hostage because it's like and will wheaton dies because his dad was in the mob and he thinks he knows how to control a machine gun and he doesn't will what a will, time yep. will wheaton that's kind of kind of a real punk will wheaton do <laughs> yeah Ooh. so Anything, Greg? Any, nobody said anything in the chat for the. No, not really. It's been nothing. pretty quiet tonight, which is really disappointing. We had guests on, and I'm like, come on. And we're talking about being naked. Bombard yes. me with that's questions. Talking about right. guys. Anybody out there listening? Maybe you understand. Titties. What do we got? You understand, <laughs> guys? You understand that they are they're they're talent acquisition people. Like they work with Hollywood. This is the, your time to ask questions. You got two of them right here. <laughs> we're auditioning, Tori. How what, do we do? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I got a couple my, notes, but I'll, I'll type I them wore my, I wore my tight shirt <laughs> I, so you could. I have notes. <laughs> well, now you have to do a full body slate. So right. just like, yes. pull the camera back and then just like get your profile and location, please. Nobody wants well, Actually, do me a favor. All right, let's say I'm here. I'm walking in. I'm going to be Mr. Roper in the new Threes, or I'm going to be Jack Tripper in the new Threes Company movie that's starting. What's the first thing you have me do? Like you, know I, what you that would memorize is. the sides. <laughs> memorize the sides. Uh huh. Learn your lines, dude. Oh, memorize my lines. lines. Okay. Yeah, I know. But you were talking about profiling. What were you guys saying? So the slate is so that way you can know who the actor is that's about to read. 
okay. do their audition. Okay. Has anything no changed since everything. headshots? Is it different now? Is it? I mean, it's all PDF. It's all PDF now. Yeah. You used to have to bring your, like a printout of your headshot and resume and bring it to the casting director and set it down there. But now we just, your reps just email it over. Bring it up so, oh, along okay. with your reel. Yep. You're if anybody's okay. interested, my mom is listening and she says uh, she doesn't like duty and TV shows, which mm -hmm. is not surprising. Don't worry, mom. No dongs at NCIS coming out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a key clue. <laughs> it's, which they have ominous tones after finding a penis <laughs> dun, in the bushes. <laughs> Looks like someone's going to be late for lunch. We remove the sunglasses. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, anywho. Um, okay. I think that's it, Greg. I think we should let these ladies get some night. Oh, actually, I want to ask Tori, what got you into this? Um, well, okay, so this is funny because I my like sophomore year of high school, I watched all of the Lord of the Rings movies one summer with bonus content. Like I was obsessed. I watched probably You're in for the four hour haul, baby. Yeah, like it was, I, uh, this was probably like a two weeks of my life where I just watched all the bonus content. I was so obsessed with how Peter Jackson made that movie. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed and I was just became so obsessed with like the love and passion that goes into making a movie. Right. And I like, like every single sword in that movie is like handmade. There's just so mm -hmm. much love and passion that went into that from everybody on set. And I like fell in love with it. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, I just want to love something as much as Peter Jackson, all these people love this movie. And so then I decided to go to film school and I thought that I wanted to be an editor. And then I decided that I hated the idea of being locked in a dark room for the rest of my life uh, with nobody to talk to. Yep. So I took a class that taught me what being an agent was like my junior year of college. And I was like, so obsessed with this idea of you know, like being able to be there on at the start of someone's career and making their dreams happen. Like that's all I've ever wanted to do is just to like help people help somebody's dreams come true. That's cool. yeah. Very is to cool. like make people happy and to like help other people. That's all I've ever wanted to do. So like this is my way of combining my love of film and my love of the process with you know like me as a person. So I get to like mm -hmm. help make people's dreams come true every single day. And every single day that we get to make that call where we're like, you got the job. And I hear, heard young actresses cry. I've heard, you know, like it just, oh, wow. just very cool. Me right cool. here. It's the cool. loveliest thing that I get to do. And I'm so happy that I get to be a part of it. Danny, um, I'm not sure we ever asked you what got you into it. Pretty much the same thing. I've always, I, I mean, I, I remember having a conversation in the choir room with a couple of my friends, one of which was top three on American Idol, um, about how we could not imagine ourselves doing anything else. Yeah. And I was like, one way or another, I'm going to be involved in entertainment. And when I found out about representation and what you do, I was like, that's it. Like, cool. that's it. I'm going to help people find their way and make their dreams come true very cool mm -hmm. last thing for danny and tori danny you first what's your favorite all-time movie the one that got you in the door the one that me we can tell it's lord of the rings for tori i might have you, you might have already answered that but for danny which one spoke to you which one said this is I what mean, you got to do the rest of your life cinderella i was cinderella three. i watched the that animated non-stop 
nonstop. I can still to this day recite it front to back, but I think that's the earliest I was obsessed. Oh, I, I would have guessed Greece. I would have guessed Greece with you. <laughs> no, um, you're the one that I, I love. Think, I think that the musicality in Cinderella definitely made me fall in love with music and music was my first love, right? Like I thought I wanted to be a singer. I thought maybe I'd go on tour and be a tour manager. And I, but I've always loved TV and film and always watched the extras, all the interviews, anything mm -hmm. I can get my hands on to learn about how it was made. I was obsessed with it. I would make my friends watch, like we're having a sleepover, we finish a movie. Okay, guys, you wanna watch the features? And they're like, I don't care. And I'm like, no, no, we need to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> you guys go to bed, do, I got this. You guys can do what you want, but I'm gonna watch the extras, right? <laughs> and, um, and that's when, you know, that's when you learn the good stuff, like how mm -hmm. it's made. And at some point in college, I, I decided to switch. Oh. My tidbit is that I saw Ryan Gosling on Jimmy Kimmel and he sat down on the couch and he goes, my manager told me I need to be less weird. So I'm going to try my best. And I was like, what? I was like, what? Why would anyone tell him that? I was like, that's, that's terrible advice. I was like, I want to do, I want to do that job. I'm going to tell him to be himself because that's what got him to where he's at. Right. So I was like, okay. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna go out to do, and that kind of. That's why I'm here now. So <laughs> how do you, how do you break into representation though? I mean, because I think that's the question that, you know, even my daughter who's interested in the film industry, but, you know, we live in nowhere Wisconsin. I mean, that's kind of hard to be approach people and be like, so how do you get in the film industry? They're gonna be like, mm. I went, I went, I went to film school in Milwaukee, and I'm making commercials now. You, I don't know what to do. You moved to LA or you moved to New York. Um, there is some in Chicago, which is mm -hmm. nice. Um, what about Atlanta? Atlanta's big too. Atlanta's yeah. big. Uh, a a lot of agencies talent through through the smaller places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of agencies have home bases also in Atlanta. So mm -hmm. okay. what about Austin? I hear that's an up and coming kind of city as far as entertainment stuff goes. Yeah, they film a lot of stuff there. As far as like if you want to work in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. or like you just gotta go at one Hollywood. of the big places go to LA go to New York that's gonna be your best bet and mm -hmm. if you decide that's too big you can go to the you know other hubs mm -hmm. okay and I think I think <clears throat> try to get your foot in the door in LA or New York is that's where you're gonna learn and get the most out of your work well, she Tori might be coming to live with you, Danny, in a couple of years. Yeah, so just so you know. Send like, her over. Yep. Send her resume over. We'll get it to the people that need to see yeah, it. I mean, <laughs> what I did was I, I didn't know anyone. I just sent my resume out to as many places as possible. I think I got two interviews and I probably applied to easily over 50. They might have confused you with Danny Trejo. Uh, if that helped at all, I probably <laughs> would have gotten a couple more resumes, right? Don't want to talk to that guy. Or a couple about more tacos. interviews. <laughs> And, um, but no, you just, you send out your resume and you win them with your charm because for the most part, it's about personality mm -hmm. and, and then you work really, really hard. <laughs> well, what do you mean work hard? Fun. <laughs> what does work hard mean? Like, give us a day. What does work hard mean? So when you're an assistant, you have to be at everybody's beck and call. You're okay. attached to your phone. You're attached to your email. You're attached to your laptop. Do I think it's gotten a little better? Maybe on some desks, but you you have to 
just, you have to be, you have to know everyone's, I used to have a calendar just like in my brain of like everyone's, where everyone was, where everyone needs to be the next day. Like you, if you ask me, hey, what day is February 6th? I could tell you because I've looked at a calendar so much as just mm -hmm. it, it like burned into my brain. Wow. Not so much anymore because now I have an assistant, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that but that's the idea and, and i appreciate this conversation because my daughter is still listening and she said yeah. i guess i'm moving to new york or la <laughs> choose la sweetheart and it's, I, I think it's that's better fun. you get to see so much do you cry yeah but you cry with any job that you're really passionate about oh yeah i cry in mine you kidding me <laughs> i mean the t okay you're a teacher you're like a whole that's a whole other thing like actually I, i'm not a teacher anymore but i still cry at my job Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I give teachers so much props. Anyone that yeah, works in school. If you've watched, have you watched Abbott Elementary yet? No. One of, one of Tori's clients is in that show and it is so good. phenomenal. Is it? Fun, really okay. lighthearted, very Parks and Rec, but said in a public school that's underfunded. Oh my oh, gosh. What, what channel is that? Phenomenal. It's on ABC. It's on ABC. ABC. Okay. Yeah. We were, so we've been funny. watching American Auto and Grand Crew. Honestly, mm. this is 10 times funnier. Oh, great. Okay. On board. It's, yeah, it's gotten a lot of Emmy recognition already. Oh, oh really? Okay. Oh, I'm in that. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah we watched a couple of American Auto episodes, and I thought it was okay. Yeah, we 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 did about three or four of those, and it was okay. I, I think it kind of like The Office; it'll find itself at some point if it can make it. It'll um, pick up. We've been doing a lot of Righteous Gemstones. Like, oh, Stones love that show! It's and so I don't funny. know, I, because I'm a big nerd, The Legend of Vox Machina just came out with a critical role crew it's a it's a amazon animated a, series yeah gina torres isn't it our client <clears throat> yes yes she is mm -hmm. okay i will have to watch it then <laughs> yeah it's it's good um it's keep it's from the same i think production company that did uh invincible so uh make oh, sure okay. that there are no little children around when you uh pop that one on <laughs> the only little thing i have is my dog oh he'll be fine <laughs> he'll, he'll love it yeah all right uh tori did we we didn't ask you what got you what was your favorite movie was it lord of the rings was that the one I, that did it oh i lord never even answered think, that question that was the one that did it wait what what was yours danny i mean my t i don't i can't pick it's, my top two you said it was well, I cinderella say, i did say yeah. Cinderella, yeah. but like if i'm gonna say like an adult version of that it's the goonies and stand by me those are my top two movies okay fair hey, enough he's good yeah i would say also uh the edge of 17 is one of my all-time mm, favorite mm -hmm. movies i've never felt emotion the way that i did like i've never felt seen in a movie as the way that i did with that and really? that's so funny okay. i didn't care for that movie at all i loved it i, <laughs> wow. I was also a moody teenager with a lot of daddy issues so you know there was a lot going on there so i just personally identified with that movie and i was like that was the first movie where i looked at it and i was like this movie sees me i see myself represented Haley steinfeld I, starred in that one right yeah Yep. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, maybe I just felt really awkward watching it because I felt like I was hurt, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's oh, why. Good save, and Woody Harrelson was good the teacher, if I remember. Yes. Was Woody, yes. Yeah. 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 I identified Honestly, with him a little bit. Amazing cast of people. I'm so surprised it didn't do as well as it should have. Yeah. Honestly. Great movie. I think, I think it's. I think it's because it was just like a little un like I don't think the direct I don't know if it was the director or the writing I don't know but there was something that just didn't it didn't hit the way it should have for me. You can tell Danny hated it and she's trying to save face. <laughs> and I've only I've she's only trying to salvage our friendship. Time. I've only yeah, watched exactly. it one time, so I need to do a rewatch. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna end off there. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Danny, the most rewatchable movie you've ever ha- you. What's your most re- is it Goonies? Mm, no, I rewatch things all the time. I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Right, give me one, Danny. Well. Jesus. I can I give you a TV episode? Yeah, sure. Gilmore Girls. T- uh, battle. Nope. Okay. Why did I know that would be the answer? Yeah, really. Uh, my daughter's right. totally right. tuned in now Listen, again. The dance marathon episode. I can't think of the name of it right now. The dance marathon Gilmore Girls episode. Okay. Tori. Crazy Mostly stupid watchable love. movie. Oh yeah. Crazy really? stupid love. Really? I could watch that love. seven million times and okay. never so fall out of love with it. It's the so Greg. The Greg. That's a good that's it's a no. great cast. So funny. <laughs> the climax of that movie, unlike anything I've ever seen before. I want to rewatch I, it for the first time again. I I totally agree. <laughs> Especially the climax part, right, Craig? Yeah, <laughs> the faces are hilarious. All um, right. No, for me, uh, the one that I can watch anytime. Um, right now, I will turn Tron Legacy on at any time. What the original? I no the le- the sequel. Grant uh, oh. Grant Headland and uh, uh, yeah. The, He's getting a divorce. I saw I recently. Yeah, I did. I saw that. <laughs> um, I love that movie. It, it. I don't think it got enough love. For, I really liked it. I remember liking it when I saw it. I mean, you got the Daft Punk uh, soundtrack. You should get your own podcast and talk great. about it then. Maybe. <laughs> Shut up, Jeff. <John. laughs> that movie sucked. It did not suck. It totally I'm sucked. Wrong. Yeah. You are wrong. What's yours, John? Come on. Breakfast Club. It's a good one. Yeah. Way oh, better than wait. Tron. So, <laughs> Greg, sign us out, sir. Okay. Well, uh, as we're going through, we kind of mentioned this before. Uh, know your sources know where you're getting your your information from uh i mentioned the article uh where i get it from that philip franco show um so that's good that's not you gotta know where your where your information is coming from know your audience as you're talking to people uh you don't want to go too hard one way or the other you gotta speak people's language if you want them to listen to you and as you're doing that as you're going through life as always don't be a douche for the for Danny Trejo, Tori Mason, The Greg, and Johnny, this is Sane. Thanks for watching, everybody. Podcast out. Have a great day. Take care.